0: Thank you, musicians, singers, and really appreciate your ministry tonight. If you would turn to your Bibles with me to Matthew chapter 5. Well, Matthew chapter 5, we're going to read verses 27 through 30. Now that the fear of COVID-19 is gradually uh, becoming a thing of the past, we know the AT&T Center had the, the record-breaking uh, people in that stadium. They said the... What broke, they broke the record with Muhammad Ali at the time where people went to watch them fight. And so it was a, uh, a record breaking deal. So people are not afraid of COVID anymore. And so, you know, they're wanting to get on with their lives. Um, people are learning to live um, with COVID. And, you know, and so one of the things we're learning is the damaging effects that COVID has caused We know from an economic standpoint to a a a physical to a psychological impact, a social impact it has made. But one of the realities tonight, listen, church, that is beginning to surface and become more clear and seeing the side effects of this pandemic um, is that one of the side effects that people are beginning to have, um, it not only comes from the virus, from what they from the virus and contracting the virus but it's what they did during the time of the lockdown it has impacted their lives it's impacted their bodies and we're not talking about the extra pounds that we put on during that time and you know the weight we gained the diabetes the strokes the heart attacks you know but what we're talking about here tonight is the involvement of of pornography It's interesting. I was reading an article that just came out last month. It it would kind of spark the idea uh, to preach this sermon. Uh, Pastor Oscar Hyman preached a powerful sermon on pornography and uh, just kind of, you know what, as I begin to pray, it's just God begin to stir me to write this sermon, to minister this, because one of the things it was talking about um, is that men and women before the pandemic had happened, before the lockdown, um, that you have good um, uh, husbands and wives um, who have a family, have a good career. Um, They never saw themselves um, getting involved in pornography. They were so busy with their lives, they had a lot going for them uh, and never considered to, you know what, just to go online and start viewing pornography. uh, And uh, they found themselves during the lockdown um, beginning to look at things um, and surfing the internet. And they discovered that after the pandemic and everything is gone, they went to work. Um, and uh, But the problem was now they were addicted. This article was talking about people who would normally wouldn't look at the pornography. Now it's beginning to affect their life. Um, that now it's affecting their marriages. They go back to work and now they're looking at pornography at work um, and they're wondering what's going on. And like the virus, uh, there are people they call long haulers who hadn't been infected with the virus, but they're still suffering side effects. They have headaches, they're fatigued. Uh, Talking about healthy people who at one time uh, were were able to run miles um, in marathons who say they no longer can run anymore because uh, not even a mile, they lose their breath and they're fatigued and they feel like passing out. They're called long haulers, and I believe there were some long haulers, amen, in the house of God that's given themselves to pornography during the lockdown, and they are still struggling with the effects. They are still struggling with this addiction, wondering what's going on them, um, why am I having this problem, and so because it's not what 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 they what happened during the virus is what they've gotten themselves involved in. Listen to this article, in uh, uh, Bangladesh. News they had uh, blocked 20,000 websites as part of a war against pornography. The article said internet providers in the conservative Muslim nation have removed pornography gambling websites in the past week under uh, the orders from the telecommunication regulator Mustafa. Habar, the post and telecommunication minister, told him um, the news agency, "I want to create a safe place and a secure internet for all Bangladeshis, um, including children, and this is my war against pornography." But he doesn't stop there. Uh. He says, "This is um, a war, and it's going to be a continuous war." Listen to me tonight, church. Um, we are at war against pornography. There is a war that is out for your soul, um, and it's a war to rob your innocence, your children's innocence, your purity, your destiny in God, um, and it's going to be a continuous war till Jesus comes back. This is a war that you must win. This is a battle. We know in every war there are many battles that we fight and we face in a war in general. And this is going to be a battle that we're going to be fighting continuously. But listen, we have to win these battles. We don't have an option. We cannot give in. Amen. We must win the battle over porn. Because in these battles, great men are taken out. They never experience victory in war because they're casualties. Tonight in our text, Jesus. He tells us how to win the war over pornography. God is going to set some people free tonight. I'm preaching to all of those that are live stream and I pray that many people grab a hold of this sermon. I want to tell you it's destroying lives. Is destroying what God wants to do and so desires to do in your life. God has so much for you, but you're never going to experience it if you do not win the war over pornography. Let's read together Matthew chapter 5. Let's let the word of God make an impact in our heart tonight and bring that transformation and change. Uh, Verse 27, the Lord Jesus says, You have heard that it was said of those of old, You shall not commit adultery, But I say to you that whosoever looks at a woman to lust after her has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If your right eye causes you to sin, pluck it out and cast it far from you. For it is more profitable for you that one of your members perished than for your whole body to be cast into hell. And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and cast it far from you. For it is more profitable for you that one of your members perished than for your whole body to be cast into hell. Let's pray, Father. We ask tonight, God, you expose every demon spirit, God, of unrighteousness, Lord God. I pray that you bring healing tonight, Him. We take dominion and authority, Father, over every foul and every unclean spirit, God, that wants to creep into your church, into the lives of your people, and cause destruction. I pray tonight, God, you would bring deliverance and freedom, God, that your church will be established, oh God, that we would be a lighthouse to the nation and to our city. We pray this in Jesus' name, and all God's people would say, amen. I wanna look first of all tonight with you and I wanna talk about the curse of pornography. Jesus says in our text, you have heard that it was said of old That those um, that you shall not commit adultery, but I say unto you, whoever looks upon a woman to lust after her or a man has already committed adultery with her in his heart. Uh, Now it's important for you to understand tonight that Jesus is preaching a sermon um, to the people of God. He is talking to the believers, uh, the followers. um, In the sermon that he is preaching, he begins um, to deal and talk about adultery. Jesus was a well-balanced preacher. He preached about the good things of God in heaven, but Jesus also preached about things that were a threat to the kingdom and a threat to your soul, that he wasn't afraid to touch on these issues and talk about things that are destroying your life. And so he wasn't worried about being popular. Jesus preached on these areas in our lives, and we too must preach against pornography and adultery and immorality. He says, You have always known um, that you have always been taught all your life. Um, you know what the law says. The seventh commandment says you shall not commit adultery. Um, and he tells them, You're fully aware of that. Matter of fact, uh, you know that if you commit adultery, that you're going to be judged. You know that there is a possibility that they're going to take you, uh, drag you out into the streets. Um, they're going to shame you in front of all of the people. And they're going to stone you and put you to death. Uh, that I believe in this time that the adultery rate was pretty, it was pretty low. Because what Jesus was saying was you have heard it it was said of old that you shall not commit adultery, that people in their mind, they understood if I'm going to commit adultery, there is a high chance that I'm going to get caught. And when I get caught, it's going to cost me my life. I don't know if you remember in Malaysia, there here, this man, he put a law that anyone who commits adultery would be flogged right there in the center square. uh, And sure enough, the first person that was uh, to be flogged was him and his secretary. (laughs) The very law he put back into place. That Jesus is saying, listen, you have an understanding when you commit adultery in the physical act, you're going to be judged. There is a possibility. And so you're going to think twice before you commit the act. What Jesus was saying is he says, just as you know that you wouldn't dare or think twice about committing adultery. Listen, he's saying you need to have this same mindset because if you look at a woman in a way to lust after her, you've already committed adultery in your heart and you're going to be judged as an adulterer. Jesus says whoever looks that word look it's more it means lust it's the word um, that that the idea amen that it's talking about something to have a strong desire or craving for something for pleasure or for sexual arousement or gratification it is the Greek word uh, speaking to lust after um, it means uh, to set the heart upon or to long for and so what Jesus was he was not talking about that when you look um, at a guy or a woman and you notice they're beautiful I mean no, that's how we, we get married that's how you it drives you to for men to want to take a bath amen and get a job uh, and want to start living right they see a beautiful woman and say, man I, I, I want to marry her one day so I'm going to you know what i'm going to start doing some things it causes the woman to start being helpful and nice you know and doing and and taking care of themselves as well and so there's nothing wrong with noticing the opposite sex for the purpose of looking for someone to date. but jesus is not talking about that in our text he's not saying oh i looked at a woman oh my gosh i acknowledge i Come on, it's obvious. You can tell there are some people who are pretty and there's some people who are not. Right? We live in a real world. Oh, I lust. I acknowledge she was pretty. That's not what the text is talking about. When people look at another person or a guy or a girl to lust, the scripture Jesus is saying with an intent to, to long for and to desire for sexual gratification. That's what Jesus is talking about. It's to fulfill your sexual gratification true story when i was about 9 or 10 my brother had a, a friend and this friend he was going to move in with us and we liked this guy because this guy would buy his beer and cigarettes and so you know we he would hang out with us and it was just kind of weird i think about it here's a grown 30-year-old man hanging out with little kids and so this man, he moved in with us. We're excited. We're like, yes, uh, we're always going to have beer and cigarettes. And, and so uh, we go pick up his stuff. Um, and I remember he asked uh, me and my brother, he said, hey, come with me. We're gonna, I got to go pick up something I left at my mom's. And so we went, uh, and uh, sure enough, it was this big old locker. And I'm thinking, maybe this guy has some guns or something, knives. And I'm just curious, what's in that locker? Come to find out that locker, I mean, it was heavy. It was filled with pornography. And we looked at this guy. Here I am. I'm a sinner. And I'm thinking, that's weird. Who does that? And I remember he joked about it. He says, those are my ladies. Whatever. We just moved on. And, you know, hey, you're going to buy some beer or whatever. You know, we just, that's what we wanted. One night we're out on the streets and. You know, a bunch of kids, me and my brother, my friends, we're walking um, and, uh, and with, with this man, and the cops pull us over. And we're there on the car, you know, it's curfew, it's 2, 3 in the morning. Uh, we're all there with our hands on the car, uh, and he's patting us down. And so, you know, and there, there was two cop cars there, and they had my brother and the friend over there. And so I remember the cops pulled out the guy's wallet pictures that he had cut out from, the, from his uh, magazines. And my brother, I can hear him, he leans over, tells the cop, those are his ladies. <laughs> and we're just laughing, and the cops are laughing, uh, telling this man stuff. Um, but one of the cops got really serious and says, bro, you got problems. You got some serious problems. You're walking around in the back of your wall, instead of an ID, you have pictures of pornography. And I think the cop caught on to something that he's hanging out with kids. And one of the cops wasn't laughing. He may have seen a lot. Now looking back, at understanding why that cop got so upset at him. He said, you have bigger problems than you think. Tonight, you may not have pictures in your wallet, but you do on your phone. You may, not, you may carry them around, amen, for your sexual gratification. And listen, you have bigger problems than you think. See, the curse of pornography, it's at work in your life. Jesus says when you lust, you're lusting to gratify your sexual desire. You're committing the very act, it is as bad, and you will suffer the consequences. The moment you open yourself up to pornography, you open yourself up to a curse. You've heard me say it many times, I've used the, the analogy of Pandora's box. That the Greek mythology, they understood some. They shared this story so that they can give people an understanding um, of what really happens in the spiritual realm. And Pandora was given a box and said, you do not open that box. If you open that box, you're going to release evil into the world. Um, And Pandora couldn't help it, but she had to open it up and realize what she had released and could not put it back in the box. There was a curse that was released upon the world, and it's called Pandora Box. Once you open, you cannot put it back in the box. It unleashes evil into your life. It is a plague and it is a curse. It was Ted Bundy who, as he was being executed, the night of his execution, people are are standing outside of the gates of the prison cheering him, waiting for him to fry, uh, to be killed as he committed many murders, uh, murdered young women. um, And here, a day before his execution, he's talking to Dr. James Dobson, uh, and he's relating um, his uh, his, uh, 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 addiction that he had um, and uh, the acts that he's committed to pornography. Here he is the night before he's going to be executed. He is warning the world and telling them, listen, uh, I didn't realize when I was a small boy um, that looking at soft porn here in their pictures, they weren't naked women, uh, but I was looking at these things. uh, And little did I know I'll be sitting here being ready to be executed. um, And here I am, uh, you know, telling the world, um, this will destroy your life. It was a curse. He released a curse into his life. That wasn't the plan of God for Ted Bundy. He was a smart man. He was an intelligent man. No doubt could have been one of the greatest judges in America. They said this guy was so smart he knew the law. He was his own defense lawyer. And listen here, the what, What the curse of pornography does, it's released into your life and it destroys everything. It's possible during the lockdown, you're part of that percentage rate. You've looked at things that you cannot put back in the box. You're a long hauler. Ever since I looked at it now, it's the desire, the itch to want to look at it again and look at it again. And it's destroying and it's happening, my relationship with God. When we get saved, listen tonight. Jesus Christ breaks every curse in our life. Every curse is broken when we get saved. And look, we are protected as that curse is broken. And that is why Jesus says when a spirit, an unclean spirit, let me tell you, pornography is an unclean spirit. That is why when you look at things you shouldn't look at, you feel so dirty. You feel so violated. It's an unclean spirit. And Jesus says, when these spirits leave, they go out uh, and but listen, they're they're not just going to leave and and just let you live a happy life. uh. They're going to go out uh, and because they know that Jesus had cleaned house, uh, they know that you are more powerful and stronger. uh, And so what they do is they go look for demons stronger than and more powerful with more influence. uh, And they come back with their buddies and they come back to that very house. They come knocking on the door. Bible says they'll find it swept and clean, but empty. And Jesus has given us a picture that if you don't fill your life with the things of God, the enemy's going to come back and begin to fill you again with vile things, unrighteous things. If pornography was your struggle before you got saved, you better believe he's going to come and attack you with this. But like any curse that's broken in our lives, it's going to come back. Now, when you think of curses, we associate curses or being cursed with witchcraft and the occult and looking at the demonic things and just watching scary movies. Um, And and we think that, you know what, that's our involvement and we we don't want to open ourselves up to a curse. Uh, But listen here, uh, the, the truth is that when we look at pornography, we are opening up to a curse. And you know what, the enemy knows that. You know, the Bible tells us Balak, he wanted to go to war with the children of God. And he goes and he calls Balaam, who was a, what you would call a seer, a man who, who would probably, he would bless. When, when he blessed somebody, they were blessed. When they, he cursed and pronounced cursed upon them, uh, it was known that these people were cursed. And so here's Balak, the king Balak. He goes to Balaam and says, I cannot de- defeat these people, but listen, I'm going to go to war with them. And I know these people. Anybody who goes to war with these people, their God fights for them. They don't come out alive. Their armies are decimated. And Balak knew this and said, I cannot go to war with these people if God is on their side. And what Balak tells him, he says, I need you to curse them because I'm going to go to war. Listen, he's planning on going to war with the people of God. Balaam says, I cannot curse, but God has blessed. I cannot do it. Balak is upset. He's mad. I will pay you more. I'll give you more. Please curse him. And Balan said, listen, you don't understand something. You cannot curse something. God has blessed. It. God will not allow it to happen. But he says, let me tell you how you can curse them. Let me tell you how that you can curse them and that the anger of the Lord will come upon them. He says, tell the women to come out, the Moabite women to come out into the streets to lure the men. And the Bible tells us in Numbers 25, verse 1, that this is exactly what happened. It said, when Israel was staying in Shittim, the men began to indulge in sexual immorality with Moabite women who invited them to the sacrifices to their gods, the people Eat the sacrificial meals and bow down before these gods. So, Israel's yoked themselves uh, to Bel Peor. The Lord's anger burned them against them. In other words, they yoked themselves together. They were cursed. A curse was released uh, upon their life. When a man and a woman who commit fornication, that's having sex without being married, uh, they are yoked together. The Bible says they've opened themselves up to a curse. Uh, That is why we preach, live clean, but do not get married. Even Paul will even say, you know what? If you can't control yourself, just get married. It is better to marry than to burn with passion. And even Paul had to deal with this in the church because he said, listen, you don't want to curse yourself. A little leaven, leaven the whole lump. That means when you allow sexual immorality to come into your life, it's not like any other sin. It's not like you going out into a bar and taking a drink and getting, you know, having a few beers or getting high or, you know, doing things. Paul says it's nothing like that. When you commit sexual sin, you are not only sinning against your body, but against your body, but against your own soul. It's interesting. The Bible says that these men, that they they went and opened themselves up and God's anger kindled and God destroyed these people. Even Jude 11 tells us he reminds us of this. Even the Lord Jesus reminds us of this story when he's talking to the seven churches and he says, be careful, do not be like those people like Balaam who cursed the people of God and lured them into sexual immorality that the fire of God fell upon these people the 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 uh, curse uh, that was released into their life uh, let me tell you what stops a church from growing uh, is immorality what stops a church from growing is uh, pornography it is a curse that's released uh, the enemy's planning he wants to attack your life. He wants to attack our church. And he said, I came not attack them. Every time I come to this church, they're protected by God. Every time I come against their life and, and here Satan knows, I know how to get to them. He lures with pornography, sexual morality. They looked at these women You curse yourself when you open the door to pornography. You pass this down to your family. Pornography's always linked to a form of idolatry. When someone is always worried about themselves, and that's idolatry. People idolize themselves. Their problems are bigger than everybody else's problems. You know, when people are always focused on their problems, it's like, you know, as a pastor counseling, talking to people. It's like, you know, what you begin to wonder, something's not right. It's like their problems are always big. They're always focused on themselves. They're carnal. They're always falling into sin. They're always tormented in their mind. They're always judging themselves. Condemnation. It's like, why? Because something else is at work. Because pornography, when people are angry all the time, frustrated, it's interesting that it's linked to pornography. Why is this person always mad? Why are they always frustrated? What's wrong? They're normally not like this. Well, let me tell you something. It's not that they had a bad day. It's not that, you know, we all have bad days. There's something not right. You know it's interesting that when they bust down the door and uh yeah i'll take it, when they bust down the door to kill osama bin laden you know what's interesting that the navy seals thank you the navy seals they were think they were going to haul off boxes of plans and you know, of bombings and future things that, that Osama bin Laden was, was planning. And you know what's interesting? A lot of those boxes that you see them carrying out of that room was pornography. When they opened up his laptop, the, there it was. Um, while he's masterminding the demise of America, he's looking at pornography. The soldiers are laughing and mocking, and you know, and it's like it became a joke, and this man, they were thinking The people that looked up to him and there here it is all while they thought he's in his room masterminding, coming up with a good plan. They knew that the Americans were coming. but The man couldn't leave his room. This is my man cave. This is my place. I don't know. I'm just speculating. What if he just didn't want to leave? was there was so much to where he could have left pornography is a curse it will destroy your life see god hates pornography you know why god hates pornography because he hates what destroys his children he hates the destruction that it leaves the path, the, the, the carnage that it leaves behind, the families, the lives that are destroyed, the, the marriages. We see in the word of God, pornography, how it, it's, it's left a destructive path. Listen, this is an ancient problem. You may say, well, they didn't have porn uh, you know, shops back then. and porno-. Let me tell you, this stuff was running rampant pornography is a is, is images it's writings of prostitutes that's the ve- definition of pornography sexual images to bring gratification what do you think these people were lured to worshiping these gods and God had to kill them for that There is just something in man listen God hates pornography because this is one of the reasons why he had to destroy the whole world with the flood Bible says that the imaginations of man were only wicked content. They weren't just, I'm going to kill my brother. Those weren't the imaginations God was talking about. That they were so vile and perverted that they couldn't even think a good thought. Let me ask you tonight, what are your thoughts? What do you think about throughout the day? Now don't tell us, amen. Amen. But what are some things that go through your mind throughout the day? And what are some things you entertain? What are you what are some things you allow into your mind? I know uh, uh Najee's doing the Bible study on, you know, the weapons of, that we have. And one of them is the helmet that we have. Do you have discipline when thoughts come into your mind and, and you say, hey, these are unrighteous? These are filthy thoughts. I rebuke these thoughts. Do you put the helmet on? God hates pornography because it destroys whole cities. He destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, rained down fire because these men were so perverted that here they see these two angels come and they want to sleep with the angels. That's how perverted they are. Today in our generation, I mean, it's... it's it's so vexing that now it's hard to read news articles, hearing people, bestiality and the, the children, the harm that they're causing, the things that I'm telling you, God is going to bring judgment. God is going to bring judgment to our nation. The things that they're allowing and the, the, the babies that are being uh, uh, raped by their parents and just things just going out of control. It is the curse of pornography. What would make a man want to harm a child? A demon spirit. It is a demon spirit. That is why it is a curse. Look, God hates pornography because he sees the destruction it causes in the kingdom, in the house of God, and even in homes. You know, the Bible tells us that Amnon, David's son, had raped his sister Tamar. That here it is, that that he likes her, he he locks eyes on her, he's lusting, he he wants to gratify himself. Even the Bible says that she says, look, let's go to my father, at least let's get married, let's do things right. I I don't want to marry you, I don't want nothing to do, I I want to just, all I want to do is have sex with you. And listen here that because as he what Jesus was saying was that when you look at a woman that you it's a lust that you have to desire to have them to gratify your own sexual desire. And the Bible says he rapes his sister Tamar. And you know what's interesting is he says something that happens all the time. It said he hated her more than he loved her. You hate pornography after you're done looking at it. It disgusts you. You say, why did I look at this filth? Why? And you hate it because you see the destruction it causes. And the Bible says that the kingdom was divided. David and his son Absalom turns against him. He's running for his life. Um, and, uh, you know, no telling his ends up dying and, and so many things that happens and listen i'm telling you tonight amen that your home will be divided your marriage it divides your marriage there's no way you can be in harmony with your spouse if you're looking at pornography we live in a corrupt world of where now it's you know what uh, i have to look at this in order to gratify myself uh, before having a uh, you know intercourse with my spouse the world that we live in today. See, that's why God hates pornography. Because of the destruction, there's always casualties. There's always the, and, and listen, in any war, people die. People are taken out. Those that are not being uh, uh, focused, those that are those soldiers that go out thinking it's a game are the ones that are taken out quick. I ain't afraid of nobody. I'm Rambo. They're gone. You think you're a Rambo Christian. Pornography doesn't affect me. I'm above that. I'll shoot it down once it comes. There's a war. See, another reason, let me give you three reasons why God hates pornography. Number one is because it's done in the dark in the secret it's deceitful think about this it lies it violates it violates your marriage vows well i'm not married pastor so i'm I'm good you're married to christ it violates the marriage vows remember the definition of pornography sexually explicit videos photographs writings images or the like whose purpose is to elicit sexual arousal, usually to representation designed to arouse and give sexual pleasure to those who read them, those who see, hear, or handle them. The Greek word is a a harlot or a prostitute or the writing of prostitutes to seduce or to lure and uh, to bring gratification. So think about this. The Bible calls us to be children of light and not of the dark. We are called to live our lives, um, amen, not in secret, um, but because um, uh, it causes men to live a double life. Bible says in 1 Thessalonians 5, 4, but you brothers are not in the darkness so that this day should overtake you like a thief. For you are all sons of the light and sons of the day. We do not belong to the night um, or to the darkness. Have you ever wondered how you hear these stories? how can people you know they get caught and you find out they've been looking at pornography for years you're saying how this is a good man this is it's a good preacher right so no one's exempt here in this room those who are watching on live stream remember there's a war and here you wonder how in the world can, man, they, they get up and you know and and they, they talk about it and you know and they 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 talk about how disgusting it is and you know you find out years later they, they they just have this full-blown addiction to pornography. Because remember, what's done in secret is gonna come out. God reveals it. It's gonna come out one way or another. You can't you can't you can hide it, but you cannot hide it for long. Do you know why people can do that? There is something that takes place in, in the mind of that person. There is a word that psychologists use um, dealing with serial killers, dealing, dealing with people who are, have these dark fantasies, these immoral fantasies. And they call it compartmentalization. In other words, what that is, it's the division of something into sections um, or categories. So what happens is when that person comes to church, what they do is they have a picture of a garage, right? You have a garage full of boxes. And so what people do is let's just say that you leave your house like my house every day. We leave out of the garage and we have all of these boxes and all this stuff there. And there's things that that we have that we we don't touch, you know, and and we've been there for a long time. And so, But I want you to picture this garage. And so what happens is when you get home from church, you open the garage and you pull down the box and you open it and it's a box of pornography. You indulge yourself, you gratify yourself, you do whatever you have to do and you close that box and you put it in the garage. Matter of fact, you'll put it in the bottom and put things on top of it and then you move on with your life. As if nothing happened. And they're saying, this is the, the psychologist saying this is how people are able to do it. They're able to go to church. Because to them, hey, life is good. It's, there's a box in their garage that nobody will ever find, or nobody knows, or it's just a box. It's an empty box. And they forget about it. But God doesn't forget about it. See, the reason why this God hates this. And God doesn't want us to have a mind with compartmentalization, with sections in our mind that that's just for my gratification, because God wants all of you. God hates anything that takes away. God doesn't just want um, uh, half of you or three quarters. Uh, God wants all of you. He demands all of you, uh, and he hates what takes away from him what he wants. Uh, And the Bible says he wants our mind, our body, and our soul. That is the greatest commandment of all is to love the Lord thy God with all your heart, all your mind, and all your soul. And if you're not doing that with all your mind, then you're not loving God and God hates it. You cannot love God if you're filling your mind with these images. Second thing, it turns our affection away from God to self. In the book of Pornography in the Gospel, Russell Moore, he Very good book. He talks a lot about this and he says when Adam and Eve ate from the forbidden fruit, they were taking something good that God had made and directly violating his command. They were grasping for something delightful and desirable apart from God's original intention and design. This is the lie of pornography. That here we see that it turns our affection away from God, to our own self, I, no lie, I read an article in the Drudge Report, and it was talking about a man um, who says, you know what, uh, I found out after this whole COVID, um, I don't need a girlfriend, I like having sex with myself better than with women. <laughs> he said, it's free, I don't have to worry about putting any effort into it, uh, you know what, I could just do it right here in front of, and in my home. I'm not lying. That they're finding during this COVID that people are turning their affection upon themselves. How wicked is that? It turns your affection away from God and it becomes addicting. You know, pornography promises so much. So much it promises you. Satisfaction. Oh, you're going to be so gratified. But we know it delivers so little and it costs so much. You know, the Bible says in Proverbs 27 20, hell and destruction are never full, so the eyes of man are never satisfied. Now, listen here, don't, don't tune out tonight. I'm going somewhere in this. That here the Bible says your eye is never satisfied. One look, you got to look again. You got to keep looking, and you have to have harder images. And, and there you are, you're bound. That your mind is so tormented. You know what's interesting? The the before the that Solomon says this scripture. Listen to what he says in verse nineteen. He says, "As in water, ref, uh, water f- uh, face reflects. Um, as in water, face reflects face. Uh, so a man's heart reveals the man. That not only it begins to spread, and 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 you think you have it under control, but let me tell you." Solomon says, you can tell just the way you can see reflection in the water, you can tell what's in this man. You can tell by things he says, and things he's looking at, and and he, 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 he has no control anymore. He's addicted. Solomon says in Ecclesiastes 2 Anything my eyes desired, I did not deny myself. I refuse my heart no pleasure. For my heart took delight in all my work, and this was the reward for all my labor. Yet when I considered all the works that my hands uh, accomplished and what I had toiled to achieve, I found everything to be futile, a pursuit of the wind. There was nothing to be gained uh, under the sun. What Solomon is saying is after everything that I've given my eyes to, uh, it brought no pleasure. Matter of fact, it led me away from God. It brought more harm than joy. It brought more destruction than peace. And here is Solomon says, I didn't deny my eyes. And it's possible that is the way you live your life. That you do not deny your eyes and say, like Job, he says, I've made a covenant with my eyes that I will not look upon a woman to lust after her. That here is a, one of the most righteous men of God who makes this statement and says, I have to make a covenant. I have to deny my eyes. See, when your eyes just look at anything, it leaves you empty, never satisfied. Here's another quote from the book, The Gospel and Pornography. It that another result of pornography is like with all sin, a deadening. Of the senses and the searing of the conscience. What once was sexually stirring. Uh, no longer holds any power. That not because the person watching porn. Has become more alive. But because they have become more dead. The curse of pornography. Third line. God hates it so much. Is because people say. It's free. But God hates it. Because it costs so much. But it's free. Pastor, I only look at the freeze. I don't I don't pay. It don't cost me a thing. You pay. You pay with your soul. Jesus paid the price. It it cost him his life. Think about this. When when Adam and Eve, they were lusting something to desire. They had no clue this curse was going to be released. It was something they saw that, listen, she wanted it for her own gratification had no clue that it was going to turn and twist and the enemy perverted it because the enemy perverts everything that god has made god has made all things beautiful he's perverted it and people think it it doesn't cost me it costs the the lord jesus his life and in sweden they during the lockdown they Actually, what they were doing is they were giving free pornography to the people. They wanted to help ease the, the stress and the frustration that the people were facing because they were on lockdown and say, oh, this is what we're going to do. We're going to help you. We're going to we're going to we're going to give you a, you know, a free streaming so that you can watch whatever you want to watch and uh, you know, be entertained. But listen, we know it's not free. It, it costs. Again, these, this is this article just came out last month. Said one of the things that we're seeing, uh, you know, the effects is not from the virus. Uh, it's what they did during the lockdown, and it's still affecting them today. It's what they were looking at. It costs you, your soul, the shame. Think of the shame it brings to your life. The enemy promises you all these things, but look at the shame. Jesus says, you have heard that it was said, those of old, you shall not commit adultery. But I say unto you, whoever looks or lusts after a woman has committed adultery in his heart. Let's close and we'll pray, men. Few minutes. I want to talk about winning the war of pornography. If we're going to win the war in pornography, we have to recognize it's a demon spirit. We have to remember we're talking about a spirit here tonight. But the good news is, unlike any spirit, a spirit could be cast out. Unlike any spirit, we can be delivered from these demon spirits. From these influences that they have upon our life, consider the demonic of the gathering. The Bible says Jesus comes on the gathering side and and here he gets off the boat. And this demon possessed man has legions of demons, thousands of demons living inside of him. And he has the ability to run to Jesus and, and acknowledge who Jesus is and be delivered and set free where the Bible says that the man was now clothed in his right mind sitting at the feet of Jesus he was delivered from these demon spirits and i'm telling you tonight amen there's no spirit that can keep you from coming to Jesus you can be delivered God can set you free tonight, amen. You have to acknowledge it is a demon spirit, and you have to tell him you have no place in my life anymore, for I am in Christ, and listen, Jesus Christ broke every curse, amen, when he died on that cross. I know Jesus is asking us, and when the hearers, here he is on the mountainside preaching. He says, you've heard, don't commit adultery. But now I say, don't even look. I bet you're like, come on, Jesus. I was already struggling with the first part. Yeah. Now you say, don't even look, you know, come on, man. You know, it's, come on, pastor. <laughs> See, they thought Jesus was asking them to do something that it was impossible. This is this is crazy. And this is where people get discouraged. They hear sermons like this and, you know, and they they do, they feel bad. They, 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 man, they, they hate it, but they're discouraged because they say, yeah, I hear sermons like this, pastor. And, you know, matter of fact, I'll answer altar call. I'll come and I'll pray and I'll repent. But when I leave, it's so it's hard. It's like, man, it just comes right back and and, we, and you get discouraged and you feel, man, what Jesus is asking me to do is impossible. But let me tell you something. Jesus says what is impossible with man is possible with God. That what Jesus was saying was, listen, I'm telling you, if I tell you to do something, you can do it. Because it's no longer you that's going to be doing it. It's me living inside of you, giving you the power to overcome this, so that when I come into your life, I take residence. I am on the throne of your heart, and I dethrone these demon spirits that are running your life. I break the chains. I break these bondages. That is why I came, Jesus says, to heal the brokenhearted, but to set those that are captive free from these prisons, and it's possible that you're bound by the prison of pornography tonight. And Jesus says, I came to set you free. We can win the war on pornography. See, it boils down to we need a miracle. We need a miracle tonight. God can move and do things way beyond our imagination, and we know that, but yet we feel it's hard to be delivered from this. See, we have to, if we're going to be delivered tonight, we're going to have to see pornography the way God sees it. God is going to have to change the way we view it. God hates it. I've, I've preached on it. I've said it right now. Why God hates it. You need to start putting these things into your mind. Why God hates it? Because it destroys. It destroys lives. Uh, and, and seeing the way God sees it, and, and we have to, he takes no pleasure in this. That is why when you look at these things, uh, God says, I don't want to see this. He leaves. He goes. He departs. The Holy Spirit, you dampen the Holy, you grieve the Holy Spirit. We need a miracle. We need God to change our sight. Remember the story. The Bible says Elisha and his servants, his servant, there they are. The the, the scripture tells us uh, that He's afraid because the armies have come at night and he comes to Elisha the prophet and says listen there's armies that are standing at the hilltop and he is so frightened he feels they're going to destroy him and uh, Elisha tells him he he answers him and says listen don't worry. He prays and he says, God, open the eyes of my servant that he may see. And the Bible says as his eyes were open, he realized when Elisha told him there are more with us than than with them. And when he prayed, his eyes were open. And sure enough, he saw chariots and armies that were standing up that were ready for battle to destroy this army. And he caught the revelation that, listen, there are more uh, with us uh, than those that are against me. Remember, the enemy's planning an attack uh, upon your life. But if you're protected by God, you, if you don't open the door to this, he cannot get you. He he has no effect. Um, he cannot destroy you. You will win the war over pornography. Listen here, that here's the enemy, the Bible says, came in at night This is where your problem is. You do well when you're around your brothers and sisters. You do well when you're at work and out in the places. But it's when you go home and at night, this is where you struggle. This is where the battle's real. And like Elisha's servant, he prayed or he went to his pastor. Who do you go to when you're struggling? Who do you call? And his pastor prayed for him and said, God, open his eyes that he sees how wicked and vile and unrighteous this is and what he's about to get into, that God, you will show him that, listen, there's more with us than them. That, yeah, you may think the armies of hell, are the temptation feels so strong, the urge. That is why Jesus says that he he says to pray, to fast. He talks about to Pray as the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And listen, because as we're praying, God begins to reveal to us and help us and we're able to overcome this. Amen. Let me listen. You need to have someone that you can talk to. You cannot do this on your own. You need brothers and sisters that you got to say, you have to hold me accountable. Because what is going to keep you in the moment when you want to look at pornography. I love Jesus, pastor. I want to tell you, there's going to come a time that I love Jesus is not going to work. Because if you love Jesus, think about it. Then why do you disobey him in other areas? That didn't help you. You love them so much. It didn't help you. But you're disobedient in these areas. What makes you think when it comes to pornography that your love for Jesus is going to keep you from this? See, remember, this is a heart issue. Jesus says, he speaks about the eyes, what we see, the heart, what we commit, the sin in our hearts. One man said, we can be locked in a room with no windows, doors, and still lust. David said, created me a clean heart, oh God. He said this after he had fallen into sin and to adultery. And he's saying, God, if I'm going to overcome this, uh, if I'm going to be delivered, no doubt David had after effects. His mind. No doubt he struggled. And here he says, if I'm going to do this right, God, you're going to have to change my heart. You're going to have to give me a new heart because this filthy, this unrighteous heart, it's going to turn away from you. When I'm in the heat of the moment, my passions uh, and my sexual desires, when they get too strong, he says, but God created me a clean heart. Listen, how many need a fresh start tonight? You can have a fresh start. And if we're going to have a fresh start, we're going to have to repent of some things. When you're talking about a demon spirit, you have to renounce these things. You have to judge it recognize what it is. And I want to tell you, when you start doing that, you're going to start seeing that this demon doesn't have control over me. And I have power greater in me than he that is in the world. And so what's going to help us to keep us clean? Jesus, he gives us some practical advice. He says, if you're going to overcome this, he says, let me help you. First of all, he says, if your right eye causes you to sin, pluck it out and cast it far from you. For it is more profitable for you that one of your members perish than for your whole body to be cast into hell. In other words, don't pluck your eye out literally. <sighs> I'm going to take it out. I'm going to lust anymore. Because you'll still be with no eyeballs, but still lusting. Remember, it's in the heart. You know, I think that this scripture, I'm not rewriting the Bible, I'm not adding to the Bible. But I think it could be in our modern day translation could be read like this. If your phone causes you to sin, get rid of it. It is better to go to heaven without a phone than to end up in hell with the phone. Jesus says the same. If your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off. It's better to enter into heaven with no hands. Than to be thrown into the to lose your soul that Jesus goes to the extreme and gives us a, that, that some things that it may seem extreme but you got to do what you got to do a brother was telling me that one uh, one guy he had to get a flip phone whatever you got to do do it do whatever you have to do to keep you clean but be accountable have someone say hey ask me how are you doing look at the, look them in the eye how are you doing are you looking at things you shouldn't be looking at Because I want to tell you, there is a war, and it's beyond pornography. There's a war for your soul. The enemy wants to destroy what God's doing. Brother was saying how he heard a sermon, and the pastor made a, a statement. He said, he says, learn to love what you hate and hate what you love. In other words, there's, you know, we, we don't. A lot of us. It's not that we hate reading our Bible, praying, and you know, going to the extreme things. But you know what? A lot of us we don't like working out, but we got to work out. If we want to be healthy, we want to live a long life. We want to be strong. We got to work out. People hate it, but then eventually you begin to love it. You begin to build them disciplines in your life that when these thoughts come into your mind you rebuke them. Hey I ain't got time to be thinking about that. I got I, I gotta have the mind of Christ. Christ, what are you doing? God I don't have time to be thinking about these things that pollute your heart and, and, and your prayer life. See the curse of pornography Jesus came to break it. He came to bring deliverance, and he can do that tonight. If that's going to happen, there must be confession. I'll close with this thought. One man said, do not expect God to cover what you are not willing to uncover. Bible says, if we conceal our sins, he who conceals his sins will not prosper. You know, that always bothered me. I'm, I'm, I'm not bragging about myself, but I would say I'm a hard worker. I like to see results from what I do. That's even if I go to the gym, if I go, you know, in my studies or in my preaching in anything I do in my job when I was working, I love to see results. One of the things I don't like to do is working for nothing. And the Bible says when you conceal your sins, you will not prosper. That means you can work and work and work and work. You're not going to see you're not going to prosper. You're not going anywhere. You're at a dead still. You're at a dead still. You're you're not moving forward. There is a curse. And when there is a curse, remember, the Bible says that they were yoked. That word of yoked. It's part of a definition of a curse. You're yoked. You're bound. And that scripture always uh, would bother me because I knew when I wasn't right with God, I knew that what I'm doing, I'm not going to prosper. But he who forsakes his sin he who confesses and forsakes them will prosper. Think about that. It's possible tonight, those watching on live stream, you saying, man, I don't know why. It's, I'm not getting my breakthrough. I don't know what it is. You know. You know what's happening. 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all Unrighteousness. One man said, Confession is to bring to light the unknown, the unconscious darkness, and the underdevelopment creativity of our deeper layers. But it's possible there are some things that are in our hearts we need to get right tonight. Now, I'm not saying you're involved in pornography. I want to tell you, I know that what I'm preaching tonight is from God. The moment I started writing this sermon, I felt the assault from hell come against me in my office. I started feeling sick. I'm like, man, this is crazy. I had to stop, had to pray. I remember telling a pastor friend of mine, I said, man, I'm preaching on this. This happened. He laughed. He said, it's funny. He says, I've learned to preach every three months on this. It's been in the ministry longer. I said, man, this happened. It's like something grabbed a hold of me. I said, no, nah, you ain't going to preach that. It's a demon spirit. I want every head bowed and every eye closed. You know, David, when he prayed, Psalms 51, 4, he says, Against you, you alone have I sinned and done evil in your sight, that you might be justified when you speak and be clear when you judge. When we sin, we sin against God alone. Jesus paid.